This is episode 128, Making a Reverse Gratitude List. My name is Tudor Alexander, and this is the Dance of Life podcast. Every week, my goal is to inspire you to take action towards what you love, live a transformed life, and enjoy the journey there. Are you ready? Let's go. What's up, guys? Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining me. My name is Tudor Alexander. I am your host for the Dance of Life podcast. Today, we're talking about an interesting idea, making a reverse gratitude list. But first, I want to share an inspirational quote with you that I found from Robert Brault. He is an opera singer and an author. So he says, enjoy the little things for one day. You may look back and realize that they were the big things. And I think that's a great starting point for today's episode because I want to share with you an experience that I had. Um, and it was it was pretty profound. It was something very ordinary. Let's put it that way in a sense, right? But I think that from the ordinary, if you're really paying attention, you can discover the extraordinary. And all it takes is a little bit of extra, obviously. And that extra is your attention. It's your awareness. Are you paying attention? There's messages around you all the time. I truly believe that. And that may sound cliche, but uh, but really practice that in your life. Start paying more attention. Doesn't mean you have to go looking for something, but start paying attention and you'll be surprised at what you start to see. You know, for example, I I went to go, this was several weeks ago, but I went to go get an operation done in my mouth. Actually, I have a, you know, I had a lot of dental work done over the last couple of years and by accident, you know, my one of my teeth was kind of sort of bothering me. So I go and get looked at at the dentist and they couldn't find anything with the tooth that was annoying me. But they did an x-ray and they found that one of the root canals I had potentially had like a, well, actually not potentially. In this case, this one had a like a gap or a little bubble that was building up underneath the where the area was done with the root canal. If you ever had a root canal, Basically what it is, is they, you know, they, the tooth is, you know, they take it out, they, they take out the nerve, they fill it up, and then, you know, you pray to God, nothing happens. Because if something does happen with root canal, it can really be a serious issue. You know, there's bacteria that grows in those situations in your, in your mouth and your nerves that for some reason, don't ask me why, I haven't done the research on this, but for some reason, that same bacteria can grow on the inside of your heart. So what is the point? The point is that, you know, the health of your mouth is a very big deal. And, you know, when you start learning about these things and how even there's meridian points in your teeth that relate to all the meridians in your body, I mean, it's just crazy. You know, the, the saliva, the health of your saliva, that's where digestion starts. So if you have a, you know, an unhealthy pH in your saliva, you don't digest things as well. Uh, and then it starts to kind of snowball from there. So the more you learn, you know, about these little things, you're like, oh man, I really got to take care of my my hygiene, you know, not to say that I wasn't brushing my teeth or anything, but now I'm become very religious about brushing after every meal, at least to get the, the food off, rinsing, making sure I floss all the time, you know, but that took a lot of mistakes. And obviously, you know, having a root canal, uh, there was some neglect on my part there to get to that point. So anyway, we're here at the dentist and he tells me, okay, well, you know, you have to go and go, go get a scan done at the endodontist. You know, they're going to take a look at it and tell you whether they need to do a, you know, they can do this procedure where they drill in the side of your gums 
it's it sounds disgusting, but basically they the option is either to take the tooth out and do redo the root canal, or if it's possible, they can literally take a scalpel. They can cut inside the side of your gum, take, scoop out the pus or whatever's in there. God, it's just so nasty talking about it. And um, they can refill it so that way they don't have to take the tooth out. Because if the root canal was done well, you know, they uh, they can just refill it. So I forget the name of this procedure, but I'm like, okay, let me go check this out. So this was totally unexpected, you know, especially with the cost and everything. It's like totally not my cup of tea. I go to the endodontist's office and, you know, they're they're busy like crazy over there. I'm sitting there waiting. They forget my number. I'm supposed to be, you know, running. I'm running around doing errands, you know. So it, it was just a very stressful little day. And so I'm sitting there complaining in my head. I've got several complaints. I'm complaining at my dentist. I'm blaming him. Maybe he didn't do a good job with this. I'm blaming my genes. I'm blaming my, you know, parents for giving me bad teeth genes. I'm blaming everything because I'm just pissed off, you know. So uh, I I go in there, you know, and they give me this sheet to list off to, you know, it's a new patient sheet and, and you've got to check off all of the the things that you, you know, your medical history, like what you don't have or what you do have. So this is pretty much where my life lesson happens, which is, you know, I get this sheet of paper and I'm looking at it and it's got, you know, there's like two pages of just serious like conditions, you know, we're talking all kinds of health conditions, digestive, nervous conditions, muscular conditions, genetic conditions, immune conditions, all kinds of stuff. And I'm going through and I literally take my pen, I read it. And I take my pen and I just draw a straight line. I don't even go bother checking the boxes. I'm just like, nope. And I draw a straight line through. I like literally had no issue, you know. And as I'm sitting there doing that, normally this would be a routine thing. You know, I've gone to doctors. but I mean, I don't really go to the doctor that much anymore these days. But, you know, when you do those kinds of forms, you kind of just, okay, nope, I don't have it. Yay, I'm good. Like, let me just get this over with. But in that day, especially with all the work on gratitude that I've been doing and, and writing about it and, you know, with my book and the Daily Gratitude Practice Facebook group and these episodes, it, my awareness was paying attention. And this is what I mean when I say pay attention. You know, I, I wasn't looking for a life lesson when I went to the end of Donna's. In fact, I was actually pretty pissed off. I wasn't operating from a space of gratitude. You know, it's not like I framed my visit as a personal growth experience. But because I had other things going on in my life that generally rose my awareness, when something did happen that could offer me a life lesson, uh, that information made it into my brain. And so that's the, that's the whole point of doing this kind of stuff with, with yourself, constantly engaging in this kind of material and practice and habits and, and, com- and what are the things you're committed to, is that your awareness, you start paying attention to things. So when I, when I had that experience of literally saying no <laughs> to all these really serious problems, you know, generally very serious health problems. It was a big wake-up call for me. And the wake-up call was that, holy smokes, I am like very lucky not to have these things. How lucky am I that literally every day I wake up and I get to say no to all this stuff. I get to say no to, you know, serious depression HIV, you know, uh, whatever. I don't remember all the things on there, but you can imagine two pages worth of serious health conditions. I say no to all that, you know, and that's huge. And even if you say no to like 80% of that, you know, there's people that I remember used to, I used to work for, this just reminded me just now, I used to work for the Social Security Administration a long time ago. 
fresh out of college. It was my first quote unquote real job. And by somehow a miracle, I got into a government federal job. And I, the, the role I had was I had to uh, interview like people who were applying for the SSI program. If you don't know what that is, it's like the government's uh, like kind of welfare program. So it's like social security benefits, but for people who don't qualify for social security. So, you know, um, like immigrants, you know, the type of things where like children, uh, elderly, they don't have a work history, that kind of thing. Anyway, long story short, because it's welfare, obviously you can imagine, you know, there's, there's quite a type of person that comes in and applies. They're you know, usually poor people. They're usually sick in a variety of ways, especially it's disability. So, you know, I got to see a lot of people with a lot of crummy lives, a lot of crummy situations. And that experience, you know, at the time I wasn't really doing much with gratitude. I was like 20, 22 or 23 or something. But at the time, when, when I had that experience of every day literally interviewing people with really crummy problems, it really made me grateful. You know, I wasn't articulating it in my mind, but I was like, wow, you know, that's, that sucks, you know. And going through this list again now when I'm 34, more than a decade later, it reminded me of that situation. It reminded me like, wow, man, how lucky am I that I get to wake up every day? Because there's really, in reality, there's plenty of people that wake up with catheters for the rest of their life. They have to be on dialysis. They have to, you know, they're type uh, type 1 diabetes. They have to carry a monitor, a halter around all the time. Like, how crazy. They have schizophrenia. They have epilepsy. You know, like, I don't have any of that. I don't have any of that. And that's that's really powerful you know and and so i came up with this idea from this experience of of a reverse gratitude list which i think is really cool because you know making lists of what you're grateful for is very important and that's something that you should always do whether you're mentally doing it in the morning you have a gratitude journal i mean that just continually talk to yourself about what you have how you i've talked about this over and over again and talk about the power of language, and we shape our brains with what we say and write. We are animals, but we are animals that have the extra function of language. And because we have the extra function of language, that's like an extra pair of colored glasses over the ones that we already have. So language shapes your reality. What things mean shapes how you feel about them. And that, that's an inescapable connection. And when you really get that, when you really get present to the reality that language shapes how you feel uh, and, and creates emotions, I mean, it's profound. You know, it really is. Like how words, which are just information, they, they, they create these, these physiological changes in us. That, and they create patterns. You know, we, we remember things that are emotional. So the point is, and if you've heard about this in the previous episodes I've talked about, we tend to remember negative things. That's just how we're hardwired. So because we tend to remember negative things, number one, and because two, we have language and we're constantly talking, what do you think we're constantly talking to ourselves about or others? That's usually our problems. You know, we're complaining about things, we're blaming things, we're finding other people who agree with us to blame, you know, whatever it is that we're out to blame. We reinforce that and then boom, 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 you start training your brain to think in a certain way. Because when you write and speak, you are programming, you're programming your brain. 
literally what you say and write, you're programming your brain. So if you want to be successful, then you have to program it for success with what you write and speak. You can't complain and be negative and also attract abundance in your life. This goes for everything, whether it's a relationship, you know, uh, whether it's your business, whether it's a career, you know, any area of life, athletic performance, like any area of life, you have to program yourself for the results that you want. And you do that through writing and speaking because we exist in a, in a world of language. So, you know, with this whole reverse gratitude list and writing gratitude lists, you know, writing gratitude lists, it's one of the, the most powerful habits you can employ on a regular basis. You know, I, in my book that's uh, coming out, The Gratitude Map, there's 12 really powerful habits that I detail in there. One of them is making gratitude lists because it, literally you're, you're programming your mind every day. And, and I do this in the morning and at night. So in this, I don't write it down, but I, I mentally enumerate the things that I was grateful for that day that I'm excited for in the next day that I'm lucky to not have. You know, sometimes thinking about what you have can be tricky, uh, even though there's always a million things, you know. But sometimes thinking about what you don't have, you know, when, when, you, when you enumerate what you don't have, like through like that reverse gratitude list, like I was talking about with me at Entodonist, that's a lot easier sometimes because it's, again, it's a lot easier to think about negative things. So in this way, we kind of, we do a very clever hijacking of this natural tendency of the brain to focus on the negative, uh, but we use that for the positive, right? So it's easy to come up with stuff that you hate or that, that sucks in the world or, you know, whatever. Like you can think immediately of like a million problems that are out there because we tend to remember that kind of stuff from all the news that's being reported and from all the things that you see. And so by using that to your advantage, you're like, holy smokes, I'm, I'm lucky. You know, I saw this uh, documentary and I highly recommend for you to check it out, but it's on a company. It's a, actually a nonprofit organization called Charity Water. I'm sure you've probably heard of them. They're pretty big now, but I saw a documentary on it and, you know, I kind of heard about them before, but for some reason, this thing caught my eye on Facebook a couple months ago, and man, did it blow me away. Like, to, to see that there are children, we're not even talking adults, you know, children, literally little kids, pictures of them like crawling on the ground, on a dirt ground, to drink water that's in like a puddle that's, you know, they got mosquitoes on there and stuff. It's like a diseased water, but they're so thirsty that they need, they're crawling on the ground and putting their mouth to this stuff. I mean, it's absolutely, not only is it disgusting, right? You know, in our society today, we think like, wow, like, well, I would never do that. But you know what? If you didn't have water, like, you would, you know, and that, that sucks, man. Can you imagine? And so ever since I saw that, like, when I'm taking a shower or brushing my teeth, I'm thinking, holy smokes, am I lucky to have water to bathe? Like how wasteful, you know, you think like if, if that's the bottom of the barrel, right? If we talk about comparing, let's say human suffering, level, le levels of human suffering, if, if close to the bottom of the barrel, pretty much, you know, is basically crawling on the ground as a child to drink infected water. If that's, if that's as low as it gets, then, you know, let's say complaining that your hot water for your shower ran out too early. Like, is that even a problem? You know, 
So it really changes your frame of mind. And what it ultimately makes you realize is that 80%, 90% of your problems, if you're listening to this episode, chances are that you're in some sort of civilized country that, that doesn't have the kind of problem I just mentioned, at least not for the general populace. But if if the 80, 90% of your problems are not even real quote unquote problems, they're luxury problems. You know, it's like, I like this word luxury problem because it means we have the luxury of having them, right? So let's say I, I take a shower and I'm living with somebody and they used a hot shower in the morning before I did. So now I only get five minutes of hot shower, then my, my water turned cold. And it's like, man, now my whole day's ruined because my morning shower was my source of comfort and starting my day. And now my whole routine is off and I'm pissed off and I'm going to be negative and complaining and blame my roommate. You know, how many times has stuff like that happened to you? But when you think about it, like there's people, kids in the world that are crawling on the ground to drink infected water. Like what are we complaining about? So, you know, it's, it gives you perspective. And I think a good exercise to do is also to make a list of your luxury problems. Literally, like write 10 things down. You're allowed to be upset at them. You know, we're not talking about write them down and then, you know, chastise yourself for having the problems. No, it's not about that. But write them down just so you can notice. It's all about noticing. You know, when a problem happens, regardless of the problem, even if it's a luxury problem, what makes it a problem really, or let's put it this way, what, what you experience it as, what gives it the weight of a problem is the emotion behind it, right? Because otherwise it wouldn't really be a problem or at least it wouldn't feel like a problem because there's a lot of problems that exist, right? But we don't experience them as problems because our emotions aren't involved. So the emotion part is the key. So when you when you can see that, okay, it's a luxury problem, and but you know the, the counter argument is, well, it, it, you don't know what it feels like. It's really difficult. Like it's I, I, a very hard problem on me and this kind of stuff. Yes, you're right. You know, when, let's, let's say I'm, we'll go back to the shower example. And, you know, you, you run out of hot, hot water and, you know, you, your immediate reaction, you expected something to happen and it didn't. So the immediate reaction is emotions fly, you get pissed off. Like, yes, those emotions are very real. But the question is, should you really waste your emotions on something that trivial? And that's where it comes down to, because the emotions are powerful and we can use them for really productive things. We can use them to create. It's our vital energy. Think about it. You know, you waste all, those, all that energy on that luxury problem of the shower, and then your creative energy for the rest of the day is just zapped. You're going to spend the day complaining. You're going to spend the day being rude to people around you or not productive and whatever, you know, like this kind of stuff happens all the time. I mean, the shower is a silly example, but uh, there's stuff like that happens. And if you let it derail you, that's really the problem. You know, these are luxury problems. So make a list, make a list today of 10 things in your life that are luxury problems. You know, you're allowed to feel the, what you feel for them, but see how you feel after you list them out and notice that, you know what? Wow, like, okay, this is a luxury to have this problem. You know, first world problems. And what that, what that does is it makes you a better observer. You know, because when things happen, um, one thing that's very difficult is to reframe, right? So if something happens, you know, to you that's negative, 
it's very difficult to kind of reframe immediately, especially if our emotions are engaged at a high level. So one thing that I've tried to incorporate in my life is called thought flipping. So thought flipping is a little technique where as soon as you experience frustration, like flip it and into a into a reverse gratitude kind of acknowledgement. So basically, I'll give you an example. So let's say I'm going to get groceries, right? And my mind's like, okay, go, go, go mode. I'm going to be productive today, you know, so I really want to get things done. I expect to get things done. So with that kind of mentality, obviously, you know, things are going to happen maybe out of my control and that's going to really piss me off. So I go get groceries, you know, and blah, blah, blah. I go get groceries. I come back home and, you know, I get one of the bags and let's say the bag tears open and my grocery, you know, the, the groceries in that bag fall to the floor. Nothing breaks, but let's just say it's just inconvenient, right? Or even so, let's say a jar breaks or something like that, you know. And it's like that, especially with my mindset of, okay, I got to go, I got to go. That's a stop in my momentary flow. And the natural reaction to that is to get pissed off. Like, are you freaking kidding me? You start blaming the cashier, the the bag girl or boy or whatever, you know, the, the whim, flimsy container, whatever, right? And if you don't flip that, then it will rob you. It'll just keep robbing you and robbing you of energy. So a good way to do it, uh, obviously, you know, there's breathing, you can relax, but a good way to do it, you got to take care of the the mental or linguistic portion of it too. Because the grocery falling through the bag is not really the problem. The problem is what we make it mean, right? We look at it and say, this sucks. I hate the bag. I hate the grocery store. I hate the, you know, it's all these words that we talk to ourselves. So if you flip it right away and you say, you know what, wait a minute, I'm, I'm lucky that I get to have food. Well, look at all these other bags that I have of food that I get to go and shop safely for food when there's people literally crawling on the ground and you know starving to death uh, everywhere in the world. So, I mean, hundreds of millions of people die of hunger every year. That's crazy. You know, that, that to me is crazy still. And then you see all the waste that happens here. So, you flip it right away. You make a reverse gratitude list even if it's just for one thing, but you flip it when a, when an accident or a problem happens. So that has been a very useful technique. Um, you know, I, I took a, I took a retreat a long time ago. It's called Landmark. It's a very language oriented self-improvement program. I highly recommend it. It's called the Landmark Forum if you're ever interested in it. But I remember when we were graduating, the forum leader at the time, you know, she said, I wish you all bigger problems in your life. Now, that doesn't sound like much of a, a wish, but it was an inside joke because we had all been talking about what real problems are throughout that whole weekend. And what the gist of it is, is that exactly like this deal with the luxury problems, you've got luxury, you have a luxury to have certain problems. And the real problems out there are world hunger are, you know, hunger in your community, are, you know, these kinds of big ticket items. Those are better problems to have. If your biggest problems are what filter to use on your Instagram, you know, picture of your food that day, like that's not a problem. That's a luxury problem. You know, so what this does by making a list of your luxury problems, it makes you really present to weed out the things that need your attention or not and emotions. Because it's true. It's better to have bigger problems. You can never get rid of problems. Problems are always going to happen. So the key, the key is, at least you have problems that feed you with fulfillment, with something to challenge your soul and your spirit, 
something to chase after, uh, something that, that gives you a reward, you know, to, to, let's say your biggest problem is that Instagram filter. Like there's no reward in even solving that. Like literally there's no, there's no reward in solving that. Now we're designed to solve problems. That's what makes us human, to be problem solvers. It's rewarding to find a problem and to solve it. And uh, in the day of technology that we live in, unfortunately, we've kind of gotten sidetracked. That, that natural creative propensity to solve problems and to be excited about challenging little places that we can explore and conquer with our minds, that has been hijacked by all this social media and all this stuff. And I'm not blaming social media because it's a powerful tool if you know how to use it. But if you don't, and you're using all of that problem-solving problem creative energy on little problems, on luxury problems, you're wasting your time. You're literally wasting your time. And you're wasting your energy and your effort from building a life that you love, from contributing to others, from finding fulfillment. You know, So don't waste your time on luxury problems. It's going to train your mind to immediately reframe a situation. So, you know, so, so think about that, you know, because ultimately we, we get caught up in our own perspective and it's very easy to do that, you know. So make a reverse gratitude list and check it out, you know, make it like five to 10 things. You can do, you know, just the things that are basic like health, you can do the things that are more specific to your own situation. You can just compare yourself to the rest of the world and see what are you lucky that you don't have. And uh, post your list, your, your reverse gratitude list, post it in the Daily Gratitude Practice Facebook group. I started that several months ago. It's been a lot of fun. We have hundred hundreds of people in there sharing all kinds of things they're grateful for every day. It's, uh, there's no sales or anything. It's literally just a space to share what you're grateful for. You know, so this exact thing, the reverse gratitude list, I'm going to start using that as one of the challenges that I do every day uh, to get people to participate. It reverse gratitude. What are you grateful for that you don't have? You know, in my book, The Gratitude Map, I list eight obstacles that get in the way of having a grateful life, of being fulfilled. These eight obstacles are, are just there. They're always going to be there. And you have to continually navigate around them. And, and two of them actually that relate to this conversation. The first one's complaining. Complaining. How, how often do we complain about stuff? You know, I'm, I'm complaining, you know, all the time, but it's like, you can't, the, the key is this, you can't stay there. Whether it's going to happen or not, you can't control that. I mean, how many times are you going to go to the grocery store and something's not going to happen, right? You know, of course, yeah. But again, learn these different techniques and practice them. Thought flipping, making a reverse gratitude list, remembering your luxury problems. So when you find yourself complaining, boom, let your awareness kick in. Just like I was paying attention in a sense. I wasn't looking for a life lesson when I went to the endodontist, but I was paying attention enough to where I could see that list and, and it's like, okay, that's a good reminder. Thank you, universe. The same thing is with this, you know, train your awareness to have that radar to have a reaction time. You got to build your reaction time. That's what awareness training is all about, building your reaction time. So build your reaction time to when you're complaining or being cynical, cynicism being the second obstacle that's related to this conversation. So basically when you're kind of jaded and, uh, you know, you just don't see 
curiosity or awe or mystery in anything. It's just negative, you know, and that's a lot harder to fix, by the way. Complaining is, is a habit, but if you come to the point where you're cynical, that's more like a character trait. Yeah, that's a lot harder to fix. So don't get there through a good daily gratitude practice, you know, through these types of techniques. So I hope you've enjoyed this episode. This has been something uh, that's been really valuable to me. Like I said, we, we make gratitude lists and that's something everybody knows to do. But how often do we think of making a list of our luxury problems or of the things that we are lucky not to have? So check it out and post your, post your list, daily gratitude practice, Facebook group. Here's my takeaway for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. Today, we are privileged to live in the wealthiest and safest time that humanity has ever experienced. Unfortunately, this is not the case universally across the globe, but for those of us who have the blessing of these comforts, it is easy to develop luxury problems. That is, problems that we have the luxury of having. By taking a moment to remind ourselves and list out what we are lucky not to have alongside what we also do, we can fortify our mind against entitlement, complaining, and ultimately, a loss of our ability to appreciate. The lesson? Count your blessings, both those you have and those you are lucky not to have. episodes and weekly content, stay connected at danceoflife.com.